Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 288, I'm welcoming my new friend, Jahava Brown. So I had to realize that's not my goal. I know that God is the one who provides every job and every dime. And so when I can rest in that, I don't feel the pressure to hustle 24 hours a day. And I was doing that initially. So I was working sometimes even 60 hours um, in a week, which was just crazy, especially because most of it was at night. Um, So I wasn't getting good sleep. And then I just realized I'm not willing to live that way. And it's okay if other people make that choice, but I knew that I did not have peace in my heart to do that. So I really had to trust God to a different level of, no, I'm only giving five hours today and most are going to be bedtime or nap time or I'm going to get up early. But these are the ways that'll work best for my family that I don't feel like I'm really completely pulling away from either one of those roles. The irony of this week's episode is that the week prior, I really struggled to be fully present in all the places and am barely squeezing in in the tiny moments between things recording this intro right now. Uh, We've had a lot of end of school activities, a graduation for our oldest son. And so I get what Jahava is talking about, the challenges, and also just the heart positions that you need to have when you are working from home, when you are starting something on your own, that you have to surrender to God's lead and trust Him for details because you're not going to be able to be all the things that you'd like to be. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hi, thank you. Well, we are like, we've never met in person. Let's just call it space spade. We've chatted for all of five minutes. And yet I feel connected to you because I've known your sister from a long, long time ago when she went to school with my sister-in-law. And we're both moms to lots of boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you take a second and introduce everyone to your family real quick? Yeah. Yeah. So I am Jahava and I have been married to my husband of 14 years, Titus, and we have three boys. Um, our oldest is 14. Our middle son is 12. And then our youngest is six. Yeah. I mean, I get it. That's the range. The, mm-hmm. I don't know. What is your home like right now during the shelter in place? Yeah. So having boys, (laughs) as you know, is very different. Like there's a lot of activity that is, has to be kept in the home. So that's a challenge. Um, a lot of running and like stop running all the time. And we try to get outside every day that helps them very much thrive. If we can get some days where we're riding bikes and drawing with chalk or just doing something outside, but there's a lot of food being eaten like to a miraculous level. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like when I go to the grocery, people are judging me for all the food in my cart. And I (laughs) want to tell everyone I wear a shirt or something that says, I'm not hoarding. This is, I have four boys. Like (laughs) stop judging me. This is one week people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I only go to Costco right now. Like I can't even go to another grocery store. And that is just like to sustain for like a week or two. I'm like, this isn't even lasting long at all. But yeah. 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 Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. And are they physical, like wrestling kind of boys or not so much? 
like some, I would say like half and half. Like sometimes yeah. they do. I probably more get on them with that. Their dad is a lot more freer and like will play with them and do those things kind of in the evening. But like during the day, I'm like, can you just not rough house? Like just play a game like calmly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're not too much. <laughs> I think people have in their heads that homes of all boys, they're just wrestling constantly. And I haven't no. found that to be true. I mean, I think we no. were about week five when they went out in the back and had like a full on wrestle match with, <laughs> with rules. Yeah. And, uh, but really I think they're just getting it out in other little ways. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it depends like on the personality of your kids. Like a lot of people put boys and girls in like these boxes, but yes. I'm like, okay, I have like an introvert and a really quiet child that just likes to go upstairs and play Legos by himself. Like he's not yes. running around or wild, but then I've got the one that's like, wants to run and do something and be stimulated all the time. So it just depends. <laughs> There's all different kinds of boy. Yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. Okay. So talk to us about your mom journey now that you're mom of a 14 year old, and I'm sure you've gone through all the stages as you're kind of working through what a lot of us work through is, you know, am I going to stay home? Am I going to work outside the home? Am I going to you know, there's all the billions of choices, um, schooling yeah. and all that thing. But I think, I think you'd mentioned part of your story that, that you had to work through. So I think other moms can relate for sure. Yeah. I think that probably the hardest transition I've had is that I, well, I initially started being a stay at home mom or I should say after college, me and my husband got married and we both worked and I only worked for like six weeks with a infant and I cried and I ended up coming home and just taking the incredible financial cut. Um, but I really felt like God had directed me and told me to stay home and just to make the financial sacrifices where I could um, to do that for that period of time. I didn't know how long. He just told me to come home and to raise them at that point. And so um, obviously we continued having kids, but I was a stay-at-home mom just primarily for over a decade. So three years ago, I really felt like God put on my heart to start a blog. And um, I had actually been really encouraged by a lot of people's blogs. They had encouraged my faith and really just helped me not feel alone in motherhood. So I was reading them all the time. And I found that in my life, just at church and friendships, people would keep asking me a lot of the same questions about parenting even and tips, what I was doing with my kids to recipes, just different things. And so I was like, you know what, I should just create one and have a place to put it all down. Right when I started, it was like within uh, pretty initially that I decided, you know what, I can make this a business. I saw people making it a business and I said, why not just try? And I hadn't worked in a long time, even though, you know, I have a college degree and stuff. And that was like a really hard challenge for our family as things grew. Um, They grew pretty quickly, like within a year, um, it was starting to be a part-time income. And like after a year and a half or so, it was a full-time income and I was working about 40 hours a week. And that was incredibly hard transition, I think, for the family who's used to me being there all the time and not really like juggling my time at all. Um, then to have to try to put on this business hat and learn about business as well, it was hard on me. And I think there was a stress aspect to that in my relationships as we all had to figure out this new normal and even humbled myself to ask for help more and to have a different kind of structure in our home that everyone wasn't used to. And I I really battled a lot during that time on just like, okay, God, is this for me? Should I just be fully staying at home and and just pour into my kids because I really have a heart for that? Um, But then at the same time, but God, I really have a heart for these women and to connect with other women and to encourage them in their journeys and to share different things. And you're blessing it to provide extra financially too. And so I really kind of went back and forth with that for a while. And that was like a hard thing to 
kind of come to grips with, but God has really showed me over time and really through trusting him and just praying about it constantly, like how to maneuver a different stage and that that's okay to have change in our family and um, everyone's adjusting well now. Yeah. I have walked through this with moms where they're starting to feel the pull to maybe start writing online or start a side hustle of some sort, whether it's through a multi-level marketing company or that's starting their own thing or even starting a ministry, a non-for-profit sort of thing. It's this pull of how do I do that so that I'm using my gifts in this way and still meet the needs of my family and not feel guilty. And so as you're working through that and you said it's challenging, what kind of things would come up? Because I think people could relate to that. Like, what would you encounter day to day in that season that made it challenging? I, I think just like mainly trying to get the things done, like emails and people asking me from a business sense, not caring really that I had a family and <laughs> needing things like right away, you know, within 24 hours. And also, well, my kids need dropped off right now to soccer practice and I have to help them with homework right now. And it's dinner time and I'm getting all these emails that I need to reply to. So it was really hard to pick like, which one should I do? And a lot of things I realized were needless pressure. I actually put on myself, not really mm. that even came from my family or from businesses. I just felt like it's five o'clock. We eat at five o'clock. I need to make dinner right now versus guess what? Everyone will live. Everyone can have a snack and I can finish this email and this work and then I can be freed up tonight. And I think sometimes just those like over expectations that we put on ourselves as women and moms and business owners that are, are more put on by ourselves again, rather than from anyone else that it, like when I broke it down, it was actually a lot simpler to organize my day and to take those pressures off and just realize the truth of like, it's okay. I can do all these roles. Just some things have to wait. Sometimes that's the business. Yeah. They want something before the end of the night, but guess what? I can do that after bedtime. I don't have to do it right now. And even like for, especially because my job is social media, like I really had to put into practice um, hours for real, because a lot of things feel like you're more successful, the more you're actually on the platforms, the more you're working it seems to make you more money. So I had to realize that's not my goal. I know that God is the one who provides every job and every dime. And so when I can rest in that, I don't feel the pressure to hustle 24 hours a day. And I was doing that initially. So I was working sometimes even 60 hours um, in a week, which was just crazy, especially because most of it was at night. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't getting good sleep. And then I just realized I'm not willing to live that way. And it's okay if other people make that choice, but I knew that I did not have peace in my heart to do that. So I really had to trust God to a different level of, no, I'm only giving five hours today and most are going to be bedtime or nap time or I'm going to get up early. But these are the ways that'll work best for my family that I don't feel like I'm really completely pulling away from either one of those roles. So good. Yeah. Managing those expectations that are unsaid and then setting healthy boundaries. You know, I think that it's sometimes those moments of getting to the end of ourselves, lots of late nights. And yeah, then I don't know about you, but when I've been in those seasons, then I'm not parenting in a way that I, so I feel guilty because I'm exhausted. I've had moms reach out to me about that. Like they're trying to keep this hustle going, but then it's draining them physically. And so they don't have the patience for their kids. Did you find that to be another red flag of meeting the boundaries? 
Oh yeah. Especially when it's like my kids are just asking a question. They're not thinking, they're not even doing anything, but I'm snapping because I have to finish this right now, you know? So, um, I definitely found that I was being a lot shorter. I didn't have the patience with my kids and I wasn't just like enjoying my time with them. And I feel like if I can set those boundaries where I put my phone up for certain hours and like I leave it upstairs, just different things like that. Like nothing's an emergency. The people I care about and the emergencies are in my home. That helped me a lot just to be more enjoyable, I think, around them and vice versa. Yeah. Do you inc- like, I mean, I don't know if you mind, you shared a kind of generally some boundaries, but it might help a mom who's never considered, especially if she's doing the social media thing, which a lot of these from home businesses require. Like what boundaries did you set? for yourself. Yeah. It took a while to be honest. So don't <laughs> yeah. beat yourself up. If well, you I know I'll set yet. them and then I don't stick to <laughs> yeah. them too. So yeah. it's one thing yeah. to say it, another thing to do it. Yes, it is. Yeah. I did that many times initially too, till I realized I, it was my mental health really yeah. was like in a stressful place that it was like, I have to stick to this. So now I mainly have work hours. Like it's changed since quarantine as well. Yeah, that's but true. For the, you know, because um, this would have been the first year that my kids went to school. So even the last two years, I kind of kept myself in to that. Like, you know, these are the hours you can put together right now. But, you know, when my kids all go to school and my youngest went to kindergarten, it was kind of like, okay, wait for that season, I think was really important that I wasn't trying to be, you know, this mom that was working all these hours was not realistic for me. So I kind of gave that up until he went to um, kindergarten. And now that they're home, I still just do a few hours every morning. That's when I'm most productive. So I think that you have to find out what time is best for you. But when I first wake up, I let my kids watch cartoons for a little bit and I do a few hours. Then at lunch, I do a few hours. And then in the evening, which is still my bulk of time is usually after bedtime. And we're still like pretty consistent with bedtimes because of me needing to work as well. So um, I'll still answer a few things here and there, but like those are my chunks of time that I'm sitting down. And for me, that kind of gives me a morning, afternoon, and night when I need to, because in my business, it's like I might need to reply at different times. But initially, I, when I first started, it was mainly my biggest chunks were at night or I was getting up early to really try to learn the business. Mm. That's super helpful. So that when you're with your kids, you're present. I know that with the phone, the access, it's really hard. Like you had mentioned leaving your phone upstairs. How do you, like, what kind of rules do you set for yourself around the phone? Cause it's one thing to sit down at my computer and work. I get that boundary. But then when I see an email and I'm triggered, like in the moment. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Which I think that depends on personality. So like for me, a lot of the times, like if my phone was around me, it's like, oh my gosh, someone sent me a message. Oh my gosh. I'll just reply really quick. But then I'm like, okay, I keep replying really quick. So now yeah. that's been an hour. Yep. So um, for me, I don't, I think it's baby steps. I am not in any way there yet. So for me, it's really good to, I have an Apple watch. So like it gives me an alert. So I'm actually not fully disconnected, but I can leave my phone upstairs, see if it's an email that I need to reply right away. 99% of the day, it doesn't make me need to go up there for like a two. And I usually do like a two hour period of time where, okay, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to play a game with my kids or especially with school time. And I just leave it up there so I can see the alert. If like, even if it's my mom's text or just different things, but like for some reason that alert for me doesn't make me feel like I have to hurry up and see what's happening on my phone. I'm still getting that idea, but I'm not in a place to reply or to really engage with it. So 
that's what works for me. I know a lot of people put it away completely, but for me, this is kind of like my personality and middle ground that I'm still like completely with my kids, but I'm just glancing. Okay. And keep going. I'll deal with all of that still when these two hours are over. It kind of keeps you in the loop, but knowing that you don't have to address it right away. Unless exactly. Emergent. Which is like never. Yeah. Which is never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. And do your, like, how did your kids respond as you started working more and you weren't like you'd mentioned briefly that it meant you weren't as available as before. How yeah. did they respond? Um, so I would say there's a lot of benefits with my job. <laughs> so they, like, I saw like they, right before the quarantine, y'all got to do the Disney thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are, especially the older boys got it a lot more as far as understanding. And they were getting different things shipped to the house all the time. We we're going on trips. So they were like, this is pretty cool. It's actually enhanced our lives for real. And so they caught that on pretty quickly. Um, I would say once in a while they would have, you know, more whining about like dinner or certain things like that. And I was like, you know what? Other people don't eat this early, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) there were certain moments like that, but they weren't too bad. I would say my youngest and maybe just the age he is as well. And he's so used to always being on me. He's more of an attached personality. So even to this day, he will say like, Oh no, put your phone down, put your phone down. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Mom, he doesn't have right now, but he doesn't like my attention split. So he actually was probably more the one who pushed me to have those boundaries to a different level too, because he bring it up so much. It kind of added to, okay, how about this is unhealthy yeah. to be on it this much um, because he just wants me looking at him or interacting with him. And so um, he's definitely had a harder time and it still irritates him now. Um, my older boys are great with pictures, but we have to take pictures pretty often on a weekly basis. So my youngest people always say, how do you get him to smile so well? But I'm like, that is the best out of a hundred pictures. He's still a normal <laughs> six-year-old. So I half the time have to bribe him. I mean, he doesn't love the part of my job. And I think it's, I think it's hard to fully understand for all of them that even though I'm here and present, that I'm actually working to the same capacity as daddy who is out of the house. So I think that's been a hard thing. They still think I'm here and I can do it all. And like, why not kind of attitudes. Um, But I think it's been good and growth for them to realize, well, mommy has some other things and interests as well that she wants to pour into. And you can be patient at times. And I'm not always here at your beck and call, kind of how I had made my home initially. So I think it's been good for all of them to see that. But I think it's, I think it's even that way for my husband. I think it's just for the whole family to realize like, no, mommy's still working to the same capacity, making very good money, all of that still, even though I'm here, it's a hard um, mentality (laughs) to get past. So yeah. Well, and with them being older boys, I think it was like the second week into quarantine, maybe the third week that we were like, Uh hold the phone. Yeah, (laughs) Mom is doing like everything double. I, I am like, cooking all day, cleaning up after there's messes everywhere. And everyone's just sitting on the couch watching TV while I'm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so, okay, new game plan, everyone. And now we've, we've got a better system in place where we've got, you know, kids mopping and cleaning toilets and, mm-hmm. um, so that there's more share of that. How did y'all split that up as you you kind of quickly mentioned it, but go into yeah. that a little bit more. Like how did they have to step up in their roles? Right? Yeah. 
um, you ex- explained exactly like what our quarantine life was like initially. <laughs> and I was like, especially when you do have older kids, you're like, why am I doing everything for you? Like you're a baby, like get up. Yeah. And well, so, and I think before they were in school all day and then yes, sports and homework yep. that it didn't have yes. to have them do. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I got more struck with chores for sure. Um, I probably didn't I personally feel like give my kids the responsibilities they probably even should have had younger um, before. So I think when I started working, it put the pressure to really have to do those chores. So they had daily chores and like our oldest is like in honors classes. So he does a ton of homework, but we were still like, you have to do one or two chores every day when you come home and then you can finish your homework, but I have to have help or we're going to live in a pigsty. And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we really have had chores split up. And then on Saturday is always our cleaning day. And even during quarantine, we've kept that. Like my husband, all of us pitch in and we still deep clean the house because for me, again, in my personality, that is very helpful mentally um, just to feel more relaxed and everything. So I know for some people during this time, it's like more stressful to take all that on, but it really helps us just feel organized. And so... um, We've stuck with Saturday as our cleaning day. And just each day, everyone has a few chores to do, loading, unloading the dishwasher, bathrooms, easy stuff. And even my youngest like loves to vacuum, um, sort clothes. So we kind of have age-appropriate things for each person to pitch in daily. But that really had to be put in stone once I started working. Yeah, no, we can't. I think that it's when as moms, especially starting off, doing the work from home thing. It's this, I don't know if it's a guilt induced feeling like they don't want to let go of some of those things because they want to show that they can still do them. That's how they love their family is by serving their family. Mm -hmm. But friends of mine who work outside the home have already some, not everyone, but a lot of them have learned, have split up those responsibilities with their spouse or with their kids. And so I think giving yourself permission that even though you are working from home, you are your time is occupied and split up. And so it's, you still are a limited human being with only 24 hours and to give yourself that grace. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something actually probably one of the best points of advice my sister gave me because she's in real estate, but she's still home. And, but she had been doing it for like, she's done it for almost like 10 years or something. It's been a long time. So um, something she had told me one time when I was really struggling with just roles and how do I manage all of these things was she said, the issue is that you didn't get the opportunity, like most people who kind of go out from nine to five to, okay, well, things have to change. Who's picking up and dropping off for daycare? Who's doing dinner? Who's doing these, like separating the roles. It kind of gradually grew here and it gradually integrated it into our lives. And so we really had to have a conversation, me and my husband even, where um, my husband's like the sweetest, most compassionate man. And he I just have to ask him directly. Like most men, <laughs> and like, it's not going to intuit ask, it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. What I need, and we had to have that conversation. It didn't even happen until probably two years into my business when life was so dramatically different. She was like, "Well, you have to have that conversation of okay, how do roles change here, or how do we not? Our roles aren't really that changed, but as far as like what things can you help me with? Because I can't do these to this extent." And it's starting to bother my mental health because I feel like I'm failing as a stay-at-home mom role. I feel like I'm failing as a work-at-home mom role. I feel like I'm failing as a wife or just different things because I'm spreading myself too thin. And a lot of that was humility for me, but it also helped just in general to say, okay, how can we change these roles now that I am 
fully working to be, you know, more of a partnership in different ways than the things I get that you guys have been used to. And that helped and that, and that really changed things that he's helped with adding towards dinners and things. I mean, I don't think he's ever cooked in over 10 years in our home. And so for him, it was like, okay, I could cook. Just show me how. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but all because I just needed to really humble myself and not try to wear the superwoman cape that I definitely was trying to balance. And I, I just couldn't, you know, so that was helpful to ask others for help. It's a good word. And you kind of mentioned it too, how we, those feelings of failure come up. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like what helped you when you did see, you know, maybe you failed quote unquote, some of your expectations, like you mentioned earlier, but how could you encourage a mom if she's having some of those thoughts that she's failing? So one thing that God really put on my heart to do during that time was I, I felt like at the end of the day, I was looking and just felt like, you know, I didn't get half the things done with my kids. I want to, did I even connect with that kid today? Did I talk to them? Like I had a lot of those feelings at night and, you know, I still have a bunch of emails left to do. And I'm just, did I even hug my husband today? It just felt like at the end of the day, a lot of times I would assess and just felt like I was going to bed feeling like a failure. And I felt like something the Lord showed me um, probably about a year or two in was that I really needed to make a list. And at night I would make a list of 10 things I did that day. And that opened my eyes to another level because I think it was, if I would have talked to a friend or someone, I generalized, no, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And my mind was just trained to what I didn't get done. And I was not acknowledging what I did do in that day. So I would realize, oh, I replied to five emails and I took pictures and I got a kid dressed and I made lunches and I picked up and dropped them off from school and I made my family a nutritious dinner and I ran to the grocery store. And when you see that list, I feel like there's a different level of appreciation for my role too. And no, you are incredibly valuable to your family and you are a valuable wife and you are a valuable mom and you are doing great at your business rather than only focusing on the negative. So for me, writing it out was really, really impactful. And I still do that when I get in my seasons. I, I think after you start to write it out, your mind starts to mentally go there more often. But I still get in my seasons where it's like, ugh, you are not doing good at anything. And I have to put it on paper just to encourage myself and remind myself, no, you're doing a lot. And God's allowed you to do a lot today in these roles. So you need to acknowledge that. I kind of picture where we would normally draw an empty box next to each item, making like an already did list. You know how good it feels like when you can write something down just because you know you can check it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) An already did list. Uh, Already done. Already done. That's a better grammar, Heather. Or finished. You know, things that you can acknowledge. I love that idea. That's a really good tip for moms that, especially if you're a mom that, hold yourself to a really high standard, which I think is most of us. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. (laughs) Most of us. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, that, that guilt or that feeling of failure about not connecting. And I get this question a lot. And since you have a 14 year old, maybe we can talk about it. Like, how do you connect with teenage boys? How have you found that to work for y'all? Yeah. So Again, I think it depends on personality, but my oldest is actually my introvert. So I feel like that actually makes it even harder. And for me, even though I'm a boy mom, 
it's, it felt very easy to connect with my younger kids. It's like, I connect through hugs. I connect through kissing you. I connect through holding you and playing with you. And actually as he got older was probably my hardest stage of parenting because I, and he's actually been like my angel child, but it's been because I was so reliant on God to, I feel disconnected and I don't understand what to do to get connected. And I would pray about this like consistently. And I feel like he showed me different ways. And even today, still, I struggle with it, but he showed me different questions to ask. And something that he's really shown me in the high school years has been sharing my experiences and um, something me and my husband have even talked about. And we both um, had good parents for the most part and everything and good upbringing, but we didn't feel like our parents a lot of times would share their real life experiences. It was more like, let me just give you values and tips to have so you will have a good life. And so something we have been really intentional about, which now we understand and sympathize with our parents, it's very hard to share your failures and to share your struggles. But I've noticed that doing that with him has helped him connect to a totally different level. Um, even little things like, for instance, and some people might not agree with this, but for instance, he would get in the car after, you know, I'd pick him up from high school and he might say, hey, like, I was really irritated with this kid today. And you could tell on his face, he's almost used to the mom that's like, oh, well, don't call, you know, or he might be like, he was really annoying and I didn't want to talk to him. Be like, no, be a friend with him. Be nice to him. That's the mom I usually am is like, put it in a positive, like, no, but don't like use it as a character. Yeah. Character yes, training yes, time. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But I realized that that was limiting our vulnerability. So I actually said one time, I remember directly, God was like, no, be honest with him. And I said, you know what? I have some really irritating people in my life right now. Like even as an adult that I can't stand and I I don't really like to be around either. And I pray that God shows me how to love it, but I get it, buddy. (laughs) And he was like, his face, I remember was literally like, oh my gosh, she just said people irritate her. Like, and almost a connection of, and it doesn't change an adulthood, you know? Mm. And I've done that in a lot of different situations and it's actually made him open up and share so much with me when I'm asking just the basic questions. And I mean, I ask a lot of questions, so I think that's how we connect as well. But I notice when I share, he's more likely to open up more and just say, yeah, that makes sense that you feel that way, even though everything inside me wants to say, no, but are you trusting God? No, but are you doing this? No, but are you, you know, I want to preach at him. And because it's really out of encouragement, I want to be encouraged and see things positively, but really saying, you know what? It, it was a hard day for me too, because I felt like I wasn't doing well or I had a bad attitude too, or yeah, people are hard to deal with. Like it's really helped us connect more. So it's just changed a lot in the season. I'm still like seeking God for guidance, but I, I realized that's really helped us. Well, and you mentioned getting in the car after school. I don't know about you, but I'm already like looking at only two years, less than two years yes. to yes. driving. And then so yeah. you, you know, where it's, Yes, it's annoying to have to drive carpool and drive or all around town to all the things. With boys especially, I feel like that conversation piece yes. happens yes. the most then. So I'm like preemptively grieving <laughs> yes. that that's going to be lost in a year and a half. So yeah. And not discounting those moments, right? On exactly. Your list. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even something I would add is like, even in this quarantine time, I really prayed about, okay, well, we don't have that normal pickup of like, okay, divulge about your day and let me ask you a bunch of questions about that. And so something I actually saw some other blogger, I think share was just like, sometimes we're not thinking about this time and how it affects our kids and like school is their life and friends are their life. And we're like, oh, they're fine. They're home. They're playing all day or having a good time, at least most kids. And so 
that was something that I've been intentional, like weekly, we've sat down and just been like, okay, but how are you really processing it? And really, again, just biting my tongue on encouraging, but like, oh, are you feeling sad about something? And even the other day we did like at dinner, we said, what do you think has been the best part and the worst part of quarantine? And like those questions just really opened up the doors for them to share that. And, but you know, the mom part of me was like, we'll talk about the best part too. Cause there's a good part. <laughs> Let's not just say the negative, but yeah. Um, yeah. But that, like, that really helped them to see, like, not just lo- looking at how I'm processing this quarantine time, but I really need to, like, connect with the older kids on seeing how they're dealing with it as well. Yeah. And boys, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the social piece of, you know, making sure they're staying connected with their friendships. And yeah, yeah it's hard. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. <laughs> well, okay. This has been so fun because I totally relate to so much of what you said and I know other moms will. And so I appreciate your honesty and the challenges, but also just the wins and learning what God has shown you is so helpful to all of us as we navigate uh, these mom waters. So thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm going to point people to where they can find you online. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. And I am only girl for boys online. Um, I have a blog, but also on Instagram, it's kind of my main platform there. So yeah, hopefully you'll come check us out. And is boys the plural with an S or a Z? A Z. So it's only girl, the number four, and then B-O-Y-Z. Yep. Okay. All (laughs) right. They'll check you out. All right. Thanks Um, so much. Thank you. Thanks y'all for listening today. We are so thankful for Jahava. Go check her out over at onlygirl4boys.com. I have the links in the show notes. And I'm going to pray over us uh, no matter what positions we hold in addition to motherhood that we could trust God. Lord, I thank you that you are in control. I thank you that our daily job centers really on our focus on you. And you've made it clear over and over to me that when I look around and compare and try to measure up to other standards that I feel overwhelmed or I feel less than. And the one place that I find security is when I'm looking in your eyes. I pray, Lord, that whatever mom is listening, that she would be encouraged to know that you are the one who expands boundaries, that you will grow whatever she has started in the right time, that she can trust you with that and that you will redirect steps in whatever way that need to be redirected, that you will provide whatever resources if they're facing a financial crisis and she's feeling pressure to provide, that you will provide, you will provide, and that we um, never know how and in what unique way you'll do that. But I've seen it over and over again with friends that um, not in a prosperity gospel way, but that we can trust you. I thank you, Lord, for today for just life and breath. And I pray for all of us as we continue to navigate new times and Jesus name. Amen. Thanks y'all for listening. And y'all really are rocking it on sharing with your friends. I really appreciate it. Uh, and again, summer of mentorship is coming up. It starts in July, the big first Monday in July. It'll be six weeks of republished episodes that my VA, Sarah Jane, and I are picking out and we'll create discussion questions and package it all up. So if you want to have a group of gals that, you know, interacts once a week, whether it's in person or virtually, 
We'll help you do that. Just go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash join to get information on the podcast clubs and stay tuned on all the social medias at Don't Mom Alone for more information on Summer of Mentorship. All right, y'all have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.